Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and exalted 8-bound in rhinos to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host Tom. I am back once again to discuss all things 40k with the wonderful 6++ gaming team. Not top in the UK anymore, sadly. Fourth. Ooh, humble no. fourth. Not even a podium spot. But we are still out there having fun. That's the main thing. So it's going to be the fight phase we're covering tonight. And I've got some specialists in such things, uh, including a man who has not been on the show in a little while. Paul, how are you? I am very well, Tom. How about yourself? I am all right. Yeah, it's good. Term ended. Uh, so I'm just suddenly free, just starting to recover uh from eight weeks of having to actually do a job I'm and sure i've been building and painting thousand suns today because we're doing crusade aren't we john scrivens over string club yeah yeah which is very exciting so i've built four characters today i've got a little smorgasbord of characters thousand suns feel quite crusade suited there's a lot of hero hammer in there i'm looking forward to them all leveling up and getting weird broken relics and advantages i'm sure in the long run that'll be really fun what have you been up to in the 40k world paul what have I been up to? Um, yep. Killing things in combat, mostly. Hey, very stops moving. That's the, exactly. that's the main goal of life. That's what we like. That's why you're here. That's what's going to be happening today as well. We'll be chatting about how best to do that. Have you built or painted anything of late? Um, I'm currently working on building stuff for my um, company hero squad. Oh, lovely. Now yeah. can now join Asriel, so I've got some very, very dudes good. all in states of paint at the moment. Yes, wonderful. John's also look at him <laughs> studying the company hero's instructions. Aren't they good? Aren't like some they sort good? of comedy gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like I just accidentally fell and they were on the till. It's, it's so dangerous, fault. isn't it? It's so dangerous. That was all of these thousand subscripts were purchases I made a few months ago, so it's quite good to actually be getting them finished and sorted out. Um I've got a Magnus who's second hand, to put it generously, so I'm gonna to attempt to salvage his paint job quite soon. Um, I'm also joining. Does he have his second hand still? Yeah, he does. He's got all his limbs. He's got all his limbs and his weapons. He just needs, I think, a slightly different paint job. He does have his nipple horns. I'd just like to paint him a bit differently. Um, I'm also joined tonight by Ed. Ed, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. Is it cold in your house? You have a hat on. Well, I don't know. No, it's uh, (laughs) perfectly, perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, these these southerners with their modern central heating. Whereas mm. me, by two windows and not wanting to pay for central heating, um, yeah, it's that's very reasonable. Yeah, I got I got warm shit on, so we're all yeah. good here. Yeah, I, I just want to point out I was wearing a onesie earlier on for the other show, but uh, then the heating kicked in here and I was dying, so I took it off. That's my nice. story. Uh, I want to point out that uh, we were at Leicester GT this weekend, yes. just gone. Uh, yes. None of us here. Were there. None of none of us were at Leicester, and, no and let me tell you, no one at Leicester had won enough games. We'd have had them on. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, they're all in hiding because they all shat the bed, uh, which is absolutely fine. That <laughs> I don't know if they all shat the bed, but we no, just sh- I'm joking, I'm mocking, Stand I'm teasing. Uh, Chris Lee, uh, Joe, who else was there? Those three, Franco was there, Rob Kimpton was there, and they all had a great time. And I say a, a few bits of, of bad fortune in matchups and, and, and luck here and there. Um, some very tight, good games. I don't know if any of them will do any coverage of it, but if they do, it'll be separate to this. But well done all. Especially well done, Joe. 3-2 with Custodies right now. Definitely not easy. So that's a, that's a really good showing. Um, finally, I'm also joined by the wonderful John Scrivens, my sensei. How are you doing? Yeah, I am not too bad. As uh, you've touched on, I'm preparing for a crusade. Woo! So I've, I've dug out all the, the really essential units, like Outriders. Oh, love it. Because I wanted to use a chaplain on a bike, and the thing he can attach to is them. Yeah. So I'm going to have some... Uh, some dev wounds if I shoot things really close with bolt yeah. rifles. That's nice. We like Can't that. Can't wait. Yep. And uh, I, I did paint myself a gladius, uh, gladiator. So I've got a gladiator reaper to use Ooh, on the weekend. But in the crusade, I'm using it as a lancer. Oh, very nice. That's because exciting. I they're quite good as well. Have you decided what flavor of Dark Angels you're going to run for the crusade? For the crusade, they are going to be a vanguard. Oh, lovely. Because I'm using a lot of Ravenwing painted stuff. So... I do all my fast attack or anything vaguely fast or mm-hmm. sneaky as Raven Guard, uh, Raven Wing, sorry. <laughs> what? Um, so they're all black armor, but you know, red, sort of cherry red shoulder pads. So they're really stealthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. So I've, I've got some assault intercessors that I'm painting up in that scheme too, which is nice and fun. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Vanguard will be a really fun one because it's a good toolkit for little games. I think actually that mo that mobility and shenanigans and stuff should work really well. Um, it's a thousand points, Crusades. It's a different world. I've gone. I'm, I'm going to run some Scarab Terminators because they just look cool. And I think the rest, all the other units in there, are pretty good. Kill a thousand points. Hey, okay. and nothing kills them at a thousand. Well, I hope so, but I've only got five. I haven't got a full ten brick, so. But I think there'll be some shenanigans in there. We'll see how they Very do. Reasonable. I converted a, a sorcerer for them out of the librarian from Leviathan because I'm not going to use him for anything else. So he's a thousand suns terminator sorcerer now. Um, okay, wonderful. Well, so we've got loads of podcast questions because I asked for them and you all answered during the day. So well done, everybody. Oh, no. So we'll get to those in a bit. Um, but first off, we're going to start thinking about the fight phase. I'm just going to shout out who's here. Sindri says, let's get stuck in, boys. The only good gun is a fist. I completely agree. World Eaters are just indirect punching. Sindri, you're brilliant. Never change. Uh, Piccolette says, good evening. Sam Lemon is here. Stu is here. Jack, our very own Jack, is building Plague Marines because he's jumping from CSM to Death Guard. Uh, we're all going to be Imagine Death Guard going from a good army to a bad army. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes for him. Imagine uh, the data sheet coming around and having the choice of two bad armies. <laughs> <laughs> and Garrett Family Aquatics is also here. Nice to see some fresh names in the chat I've not seen in a while. Um, excited to have you all here. So today we're talking about the fight phase. And with charging attached, because, you know, they come as a duo. This is, I think, for many of us, one of the best bits about 40k. We like hitting people in combat with fists and axes and swords and hammers. I really like the idea of the far future and space being so developed that people just wade up to each for those of you at home, Tom is having slight internet connections, but he really likes the idea of there being things that are so advanced that uh, the best option is just a big hammer, Yeah, which so, I quite enjoy as well. Lovely. Well, Tom will probably rejoin us at some point. Each um, other with... oh. oh, he's still going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because obviously 40k is actually more of a science fantasy it's more feudal so mm. it's a man it's knights in shining armor with laser swords rather than we're going to drone bomb everything to death and kill all the human population yeah yeah absolutely which obviously as we know does exist in the law but um why would you why would you do that if you want to play 40k go and play one of the other game systems if you want to do that yeah. i don't know which game systems have it in like epic maybe or something like that but uh yeah i guess yeah, starting yeah. off I want to. I want to say he said we enjoy the charge phase, uh, the fight phase. I don't particularly care for the fight phase. I really like the charge phase, even the bastardized charge phase we've got in tenth edition. Um, that's the the main thing I enjoy in pulling off shenanigans and charging with units that shouldn't be in combat, and uh, you know, really putting your opponents in a difficult spot. Hmm. What sort of things? Obviously, you both tend to play slower armies where the additional movement that you get in the charge phase is really important. What typically are you looking for when you see opponents with multiple units sort of deployed together? How how are you planning on getting the most out of your charges when you do that? Uh, do you want to go first, John? Yeah, so for me, it's what characters I can attach to the unit that I want to get into that combat. So mm. classic example... You saw a lot of Gladius detachments with Dark Angels, with Deathwing Knights, with a Captain. Because the Captain gave them access to the free strats, but also gave them reroll charges. So having that combined with Advance and Charge was really useful. And it gave me that consistency to guarantee I could get those, even just the average charges off. Because there's nothing worse than going, right, it's only a 7 its charge. And then you roll a 6. And you're like, cool. That's that. That's that done. <laughs> so having that reroll was—it's always a nice little buffer, I find. All right, we have a special guest coming to you live from a stable internet connection. It is Tom Logan. Oh, He's back. <laughs> Let's not yeah. call it stable because it's just cutting out all day today for some I, reason. I that's think it's great. been tank shocked, Tom. Yeah, I think it has. Maybe battle shocked. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I keep failing these seven ups. So. <laughs> Where do we get drinking. to? Where uh, do well, we I was get just to? saying that you said we like uh, the fight phase. I'm not. I'm not huge in it. I do like the charge phase, though. Maybe okay. Okay. Um, so we just starting to talk about you know what you're looking to do in the charge phase. Scribble was saying that he loves making sure that he gets his characters into combat, which you know want well, to having a character leading the unit to guarantee that the charge can be succeeded. Ah. Yeah. Ah, nice. So like a captain with the rerolls. 
That makes a lot of sense. Anyone else come in yet, or do you do you guys want to jump in on charge phase? So I've just picked up Necrons, and not to wax lyrical about how awesome running basically six units and then like three scoring pieces outside of that. And yes, I mean three units of Wraith and three Catan, um, <laughs> which is so fun to play. And I will quite possibly, because I've got most of the models for that already, so I'll probably be taking that to Nottingham unless I Amazing. find something I enjoy more in the book mm -hmm. and testing. But... Um, I'm quite enjoying charging through walls with my wraiths and leaving the Technomancer on the other side where oh, he doesn't get that positioned out. Very clever because, boy. Yeah, the only thing that makes wraiths fall over is not having their character that does all of the heavy lifting for them. That's, mm -hmm. the, uh, that's the real downside to them. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there is definitely ins and outs to that. And as you say, precision being a thing means that some characters want to just hide away and be safe. Is there anything else we can be looking to do in the charge phase? Paul, you love charges. I, I, I love the charge phase because <laughs> I, I, I love Las Vegas. So I love a good gamble. So yes. if I see an 11 inch charge, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I could make that. Yeah, there is a possibility where I could make that. And when it pays off, that is oh, that, that sweet little endorsement. <laughs> Um, but for me, it's, it's, I mean, there's always all sorts of things is, can I, you know, wrap something and trap it? Can I mm -hmm. keep something that is potentially going to want to shoot or come for the rest of my army where it is mm -hmm. and still survive the combat? Can I steal an objective off someone? Yep. You know, if they've got a cheap little chaff unit, if I make that cheeky six inch charge and kill two guys, will I take them off the objective? Mm -hmm. Um, it's some of it's just, can I use it to get myself slingshotted up the board? Not as best as you could in the last edition where no. that was the funnest thing in the whole of the charge phase, but now <laughs> it's a little bit depressing. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is, obviously, it's um, weighing up between, do I go for the five-inch charge and tag one unit, or do I try for the seven-inch charge and tag two units that are further apart from each other? Yep. Obviously, if the next reach other, you just charge the close one, pile into the second one, and then you can combat everything. So that doesn't really yes. matter now. That's, which is yeah, that's the biggest a big change, changes. isn't it? The fact that yeah, you're piling into, you can be piling into stuff. And that you didn't the amount of people that still get caught off by that when you're like, oh, I've oh, charged yeah. this thing, I've body blocked myself, and now I'm going to pile into this thing and slap them. They're like, well, you did charge them. I'm like, yeah. But the rules have changed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one of the newer, jankier parts. I think that the thing with the fight phase and the charge phase is that there are always little technical things you can be leveraging to gain an advantage. And what happened uh, in 10th is that Gainswatch tried to fix some of the old ones and they've created all new ones. new ones. So it's just about knowing what those are, being up to date. Um, what do we think? Are there major mistakes you can make in the charge phase? Overcommitting on a charge. Okay. Undercommitting on a charge. Charging too close to threatening units that can then oh, heroically yeah. intervene. Oh, very good. So heroic intervention, which is obviously a lot rarer now, but you, people can still do it. And if you make it very easy, they're more likely to do it, right? So if you get I've very used close a grand to something, total of zero times. I don't think I've ever used it. But I've it reminded my opponent of it lots there. of times. <laughs> I think yeah. it won me one game once, and that's why I can't nice. it. <laughs> Nice. I've been heroically intervened um, into. That yeah. counts, yeah. I guess. Absolutely, it counts. And I think one thing, uh, one little thing is, I mean, I think the problem, the thing with this now is that Overwatch is so effective in the movement phase that often your opponents use Overwatch already. But obviously, one of the fundamentals is don't charge something that's very easily killed by Overwatch into something um, if you can avoid it. Um, often it's a case of, well, charge something durable into a big target first, and then it's fine for something that maybe is a bit more fragile to go in. But yeah, Overwatch doesn't tend to be as, as common in the charge phase now, but do do keep an eye out for it. You can still make the basic mistake of losing some models on the way in, which would be very, very sad. Um, I mean, I think those are the fundamentals. Anyone else got anything to add on the charge phase? Obviously, watch out for, because um, this is the new thing that every one detachment's normally getting a similar thing, whereas if you charge me, I move away. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you've got to watch out for things like that because you could spend all this time setting it up. You go to charge it and they're like, well, let me just remove six inches or D six inches. And you're like, ah, oh, bugger. Now you're yeah. at the other side of the wall, an inch away from it. Now I can't get anywhere near you. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's a real pest, and I mean, to an extent, that's just baked in, and you have to deal with it. If if an enemy army has it, <laughs> so creating multiple threats or setting up multiple options, whatever else, I think that's very important to do. One other thing is obviously charges can fail, and I think a mistake I've definitely made plenty of times is 
I try one of my sort of slightly riskier charges first, and then I need to use a CP on it. Um, and it's it's making sure that you kind of know how other things are playing out. Make sure important charges, the most important ones, have all got off. Because and even if your important ones only a three inch charge, do that's it, it. Just do because the important. You roll the double one, and yeah. you will. That's it. That you what you don't want is a situation where something like tangential on the side of the board that isn't that consequential that you're going for. You then end up wanting a CP on it or using it, and then that killer charge, the one that really, really matters, fails, and you're left like, oh, I'm going to get rolled on a different flank now. So that's where anything that has innate rerolls to charge, it's nice to just get those done, see how those are panned out, and then, yeah, think very carefully. Where is most important? Where do I need to see if there's a CP in the offing? Um, and then get those done. One more thing about the charge phase is also mm -hmm. you do also run the risk now of because of the way you have to move your models, is that you could set up two charges on one target, the first charge you roll a 12, and now all of a sudden your whole unit's blocking the other unit from now getting into combat. Yes, this is a very real thing, because because of the having to go to base, long charges can very much change the landscape in terms of what access is available to different things. So have a look at that, make sure you're getting everything fitted in as well as you can, um, and be aware of... Yeah, the power of the long charge to change. Yeah, charge off of objectives, which is always annoying as well. If yeah. you like, you think, oh, I've got to make a seven-inch charge, but I can daisy chain some of them back. Then you roll your twelve. You're like, ah, I got. A big one with some <laughs> of the UKTC maps now is that often there are objectives with the, the L stashed on them, where if there's like something small on one side of it, you can charge onto them, kill them, and then consolidate back onto the objective and be back yes. behind the wall again. But sometimes long charges can crap all over that <laughs> um and the, the blocking of your own models thing that's not really something i use very much i don't have much experience in this but that that is obviously one way you can create more movement for other things or create enough of a gap or a space that they can then actually pile in and, and use yeah, so and like my that. usual trick is obviously because terminators have got quite big bases yeah they do the... do you like terminators paul uh, i've been known to dabble <laughs> <laughs> He says with 60 set on a shelf. Lovely. Um, but is, that, is to, to make the gap between each model slightly smaller than the space a model would take to occupy it, mm -hmm. so that then you'd end up only needing five guys to wrap a unit rather than the whole 10 squad if you put them base to base to base, if that makes sense. Yes. And then you've got five guys that then can then swing around wherever you want them to go. Completely. So a cute little trick. Yeah, no, so exactly. So stuff like that really maximizes particularly big sort of death bricks and gets the most out of them. So it's, it's being aware of those opportunities, keeping an eye out for that. Um, okay, I mean, before we move to the fight phase, what is the favorite thing that has ever happened in a charge phase in 10th to each of you? Go. <sighs> making the casual 11-inch charge, obviously. Paul loves making 11-inch charge. <laughs> Don't yeah, give him time? an 11-inch. He'll make it. Yeah, he just does. He just always will. You just know to will. talk about that, part of the reason that's so effective is when you're playing like reasonably good players, you just know that they're not going to go for the eleven inch charge generally because <laughs> it's, you just kind of write it off. You're like, oh, okay, so that's an eleven. I'm, I'll give you an eleven. That's fine. But then Paul yeah. will go for them and <laughs> they, <laughs> and it really throws you off. He's like, shit, that's a uh, that's upsetting. I mean, three out of thirty-six times, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like I said That's one it. in nine, but no, it's not even so that. It's Paul's... one in twelve. Yeah, Paul's is making eleven-inch charges. What's yours, John? Uh, for me, it'd probably be uh, my favourite thing that ever happens is when I go right. It's just a seven-inch charge, and I re-roll it after rolling a six, and I roll a six again. Okay. It's my favourite yep. thing to do. Mm -hmm. It seems mm -hmm. to happen That's most always games. Sarcastic. Was was that uh, <laughs> not your yeah. favourite thing? Yes, Edward. Yes, Edward. It is not my favourite. But mine <laughs> was in the game that I had on Sunday, testing mm -hmm. out Necrons, um, yep. playing our very own Ben. He was playing Vanguard Marines, and he used the aforementioned whoop, 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 strat to try and get his uh, aggressors <laughs> out of the way. The Zoidberg strat. In the Zoidberg strat, absolutely. Yeah. So he pulled his aggressors, uh, and then I rolled a decent number. It was like he, he couldn't get them out of range there, but he could get them out of range of the wraiths, but he got them out of range of the Void Dragon. So he mm. felt like it was worth doing. Uh, and then I rolled a decent number, got that pivoted into his um his brick of six centurions that he had been talking up about how he was going to pick them up and shoot me every turn um, so yeah that was on turn two i went first 
all game, the only thing he shot with them was a squad of three um, Tomb Blades, uh, which he killed handily. Absolutely (laughs) massacred them. But they didn't get to shoot any shots in anger the entire game. (laughs) It was uh, mm, beautiful. Because like they're that. not bad in combat, are they? They've got like pseudo power fists. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they're like uh, strength six, strength eight, seven, eight, 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 oh, strength seven. Yeah, yeah. I could be. I'm not sure. I've never used sort them. of obliteratory in that they shoot good, but they also have a very decent mid range fighting yeah. on them as well. Uh, but you can ask me how how much damage they do into wraiths. Is it not much? Fuck all. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. My favourite was I had minus two to charge on some chosen at Coventry, and they failed a two-inch charge with a three oh. that, that became a one thanks to a berserk <laughs> mole launcher, and that was amazing. That was very, very, very enjoyable. The mole launcher doesn't do much, but that time it really came. That up. one time it does. Yeah, is absolutely. That a strat? Or is that just? It's a... when you're hit with a mole launcher on okay. a four, four up, you're minus two to move, advance, and charge. I, I was like, "How bold are you to minus two a two inch charge?" <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Was, it was a nice side effect of something that had happened. Yeah. It was. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to benefit quite like that, but it was great. Um, so we're now in the fight phase. Let's start by things you want to do to manage the fight phase effectively. Anyone got any thoughts? What are the most important things to manage here? Prioritize your targets so that if your opponent has the CP to interrupt, mm-hmm. that if they interrupt, the, 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 the interaction that they do is not the one that you feel you'd lose out of the two. Okay. Okay. So managing interrupts so that it's in the least dangerous place. That's Correct. certainly very important. Yeah, because how often do you charge and say... Uh, you've got two CP to interrupt. Uh, okay, I'll fight here first. You roll your dice and you go, do you want to interrupt? And they go, nah. <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. now knocking for me to if interrupt. You've done it, if you've done it right. My rhino will yeah. just wait his turn. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah, just exactly. use their CP defensively at that point. Yeah, so if you're doing that right, hopefully, yeah, it won't even be used at all. For examples on how to do it wrong, listen back to my Coventry GT report because I forgot about it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it can go really wrong. I just forgot oh. that existed. Okay, very good. So managing interrupt. Um, is there anything else? Just remember uh, of your offensive strats as well. So yep. have you got any way to you know improve your weapon skill, exploding sixes, mm-hmm. things like that? Do you need do you need to do it versus don't you? Is the target a much a priority that even if you don't need to, should you really do it just to guarantee that it's going to happen? Yep, definitely. So combat is kind of very similar to the shooting. You want them. You want to soup up your attacks as much as you can. So identify where you're going to want to really push through damage and pop the right buffs in the right places. And on the flip of that, making sure that when you are doing that, that it's in counter to whatever defensive buffs they can do. Mm -hmm. So if you know because you have to declare yours first. Yeah. Because if they, if you think they're going to say do an armor contempt equivalent where they reduce your AP and you're splitting your attacks across two units. Yeah. If you're splitting it too far you're probably then not going to get enough through to, to wipe a unit if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. So a bit like when we were talking about in the shooting phase the other day, you want to know what the likely buff is. Armour of Contempt, minus one damage. You can usually assume someone's going to pop those and use those if they have access to them in the fight phase. So you need to have uh, have, an, have an eye on that and be able to, to sort of muscle through those kinds of defences anyway. Yeah, that- this one's a little bit more of a luxury. Um, okay. It requires your opponent not to have the two CP to interrupt. Mm-hmm. But if you do multi-charge, especially if you multi-charge a unit, make sure you're attacking with the unit that your opponent can pull models away from first. Yeah. If they're going to interrupt, then sure. Just hit them yeah. with the big thing so that they don't wipe half your unit in revenge. But mm-hmm. otherwise, try and make it so you get as many attacks into the unit as possible. Completely. Again, a bit like shooting. If you've got the character pinned somewhere and you know where that is, unless you're going for the character directly, then you know that that'll be the end of the the fighting so you can sort of target elsewhere first. That's an interesting Um, one though, right? Because if they heroically intervene, um, they would... Oh no, hang on. I'm going the completely wrong direction. I was was thinking if they'd heroically intervened, they'd get fight first. Not if they're interrupting. Heroically intervene doesn't give you fight Uh, first anyway. It counts as charging. No. Yeah, charge. but if you read the very bottom of it, it says you don't get yeah. the benefits. Of <laughs> <laughs> so just ignore blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 40k players are reading the full ability. They have a more iconic duo. I'm a crusade. Uh, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah we're crusade mains, aren't we, John? It's fine. <laughs> Kill team mains, I think. Yep, kill team mains as well. Oh, yeah, yeah I, we, I don't think we said shout that out. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to the pair of you getting first and second. Yeah, very nice. Tournament. 
It was lovely. We played home, home Turf Kill Team Edition. John got best sport. And John and I <laughs> met in the final, and it was a great time. Uh, Kill Team's a fun game. That was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to play it some more. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think those things were all really important. I think Epic Challenge, the stratagem where you can send a character into another character, that's worth bearing in mind if there's if there's a unit where you really need to dig a particular uh, sort of character out of it. Necron <laughs> Technomancers. Yeah, Technomancers, yeah. find them, kill them. Life gets a lot easier from there on out, right? So yeah, that's apparently if you, if you um, send, like, 10 Deathwing Knights and then you put precision on every single one of them, Necron characters die very quickly. Yes, they do. They die, <laughs> they die really hard. The it's fun well thing worth is doing. now, you, if you use the strat to bring them back, they come back at the end of the phase. Yeah, so in some that, circumstances, that's nice. Um, if you want to just wipe the unit in the same phase, it's totally fine, because they'll lose their defensive buff, and then the Technomancer mm. comes back on his own, and you go, oh, guys, <laughs> yeah, I swear I had some wraiths here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely is a clutch strat for, for dealing with very, very thorny characters, and actually be aware of ones that can come back. Those are an annoying place to target that sometimes, but sometimes it's still worth doing. But definitely, yeah, definitely be ready to dig out enemy characters because those can often be key buffing pieces or damage pieces, uh, and getting rid of them makes life a lot easier. Because you also very got things good. like tank shock as well, which oh, it's mm -hmm. done in the charge phase technically. Yeah, which is always that's quite, quite nice for softening pocket. things up as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Impact mortars of all kinds, I think, are really useful. I really like them. I like doing tank shocks. I like having it with the Iron Here champion. You're often kind of baking that into your damage, and it just helps to soften things up. Um, that can be really, really nice. It can also help to like clear some models in a screen out of the way for when you're doing your, you know, you want you want to pile into other things and tag other things. Tank shocking or um, impact mortals can help to get rid of that. Hot take: I think the damage you do in the charge phase, like actual damage, mortal wounds, is maybe the most important damage in the game. Because it's always yeah. either like, it's gone wrong, I've got a mortal wound, you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm so dead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, like you say, like big brain moves, like clearing a screen with a, a charge, mm. um, impact mortals, uh, just tank shocking to reliably kill Angron. God, I yeah. wish I had Seepid to do that in my, uh, <laughs> my game. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Tank Shock and Grenade and how well those grenade, go I spam have grenade. a real like, impact on dealing with hard targets, right? Real big impact. If you if you I'm, whiff on your grenade or whiff on your impact mortals, that can really hurt your planning. I'm going to be playing some vehicle orcs like when they come out, no matter what the rules mm -hmm. are, I'll at least give yeah. them a try. And I yeah. hope by that point people still haven't learned to remember the grenade strat because <laughs> that'll just rip through me and I'm not looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a really, it's a really, really essential. In terms of, I mean, I guess we we can talk about fight first because obviously fight first is a complicating factor in 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 this sort of part of the phase. How do how do you guys manage or deal with fight first? Is there a way of managing or dealing with fight first? It's extremely powerful. Uh, you either ignore it, yep. <laughs> and try and go away from it, yep, or you just have to accept that it's going to happen if you've got no other way of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. I the like best part that. is just to try and run away. I okay. like sacrificing something that's completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So, or like charging with a tanky unit. So, say, yeah, you're, you're playing with like a, a big unit of Deathwing Knights and and like a scout squad or something. I'm going to charge in with the scouts. I'm going to base like their entire unit, and then I'm going to charge with the Deathwing Knights. And I'm going to aim to really hope I don't screw myself on the roll. Just like tag the edge of their unit. The end of it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're running single model units, so when I was playing Chaos Knights a lot, um, I would very routinely charge with a carnivore, hit the end of the unit. Once mm. I made that charge, charge with a brigand, tag as much of the scary unit as possible, which um, you know means that they can't pile into the carnivore, which is the thing that's going to kill them in melee. Turns on my ability to dreadhounds, just using that as like a, an enabler and also protective piece for my actual mm -hmm. valuable unit at that point. Yeah. yeah, definitely, absolutely. So you, you've got options there. Yeah, they are still sort of limited by where on the line they can fight. So there's options there. The humble rhino can go and line up along a whole unit and be like, I've got this. Tokyo drift his way into combat. I'll hold them in place. Best um, unit in 40k at the moment. Oh, isn't it just? The rhino's yeah. having a hell of an addition. It's lovely. Wish I played any armies that used Lovely them. to see. Nice to see so many rhinos out and about. What's fun is that no one has three rhinos for every one of the armies they play. So you see different ones drafted in. There's like a Death Guard rhino running around in a Thousand Suns army or whatever else. People just making do. Uh, I'm Competitive players wouldn't do that. 
what are you talking no, about? No, no, God forbid, God forbid. Um, I guess the other thing with Fight First is knowing what it keys off of as well, and also, yeah, the kinds of profiles that it has. So Custodes, for example, there's a lot of Fight First potential on objectives, so you're trying to lure them out and hit them, not on objectives. Um, but also certain units that can Fight First, you know they're very damaging at certain things, um, but not at others, depending on the kind of units. So something like Uthar, who tanks, turns all damage to one, is quite fun in Votan. You can send him in. It's like, yeah, I don't really mind if you hit me first. I've got a four up in Vun. All your damage is one. It's fine. It's not a, not a serious problem. Um, and as Louis Ballington correctly says in the chat, you can also pile into the fight first unit um, rather than charging it directly, apparently. Which is quite nice. Quite an enjoyable way That's of... That's a niche thing. It's, yeah, it'd be difficult yeah. to set up. Not easy to set up, but quite a niche. A nice way of mitigating it as well. Because it wasn't in com For anyone who doesn't sort of understand why that works, you're activating a unit because the unit with fights first isn't currently in combat, so it doesn't get mm. the ability. Then you pile into them. At this point, tough luck, too late. I'm already yeah. in my activation. Sucks exactly. to be you. Yeah, yeah. Fights exactly. first, fights never, dickhead. You're dead. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. So yeah, that's that's very nice as well. Is there anything else in terms of just the general fighting we want to think about? A lot of times it's very underwhelming. <laughs> it is underwhelming. It's not as dangerous as it, it is was. It's depressingly underwhelming a lot of the time. Yep. Yeah. Fight on death, John. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. something. That's definitely something to be aware of. Know where it can be procced. Be wary of, of undercommitting into something that's then just going to kill your unit. This is especially big when you're trying to swing objectives, right? If your plan was to go in, um, Chthonian Berserks are a great example of this. If your plan was, oh, I'll send my, send my Chosen and kill the Berserks, it's like, well, they might all fight on death and just wipe out the Chosen unit. So actually, you need slightly more than that to make sure that you take the point. Or they might always fail their four-ups to fight on death because that's, <laughs> that's the plucky kind of dudes that they are. Um, so yeah, definitely being aware of that, I think, is extremely important. Um, and also, yeah, being aware of your opponent's CP management, because usually they can do some combination of the things we've warned you about. They're not usually going to have the resources to do all of them, so keep track where resources are being spent in the fight phase, what that means for the rest of it. Are they now unable to protect or do X, Y, Z? Great, okay, you can push on, um, and that all works very effectively. Wonderful. Let's think about piling in and consolidating. Oh, no, let's not. Ed had a point. Ed yeah, I just had a... Um, I was just thinking, if you can bait out stratagem usage as well mm -hmm. in the fight mm -hmm. phase. So, for example, if you're not at risk of dying, say your opponent's got one CP, you're, they're playing Space Marines, you've got two things that you want to kill, and you're like, this one in my head, this is the one I need to kill, because if I kill this, I, I control this flank, then it's really hard for my opponent to come back into the game, they can't get there in the next two turns. Mm -hmm. I should just, like, if I can deal with this, I'm going to... And then you go, cool. So uh, I'm going to start with this unit here. Uh, do you want Armor of Contempt? <laughs> and, then they, like and then they, yeah. like and then yeah, and then they do, and um, you go cool, and you do some attacks, and you kill like three models. You're like, all right, awesome. Now I'm going to go over here, and I like, kill the whole unit, and um, great success. Exactly, exactly that. So yeah, if you can if you can make them use these things in less effective ways, that is very very much ideal. Let's move then to piling in and consolidating. So tips and tricks for piling in. Well, one of the things I would say as a sort of, well, I was going to say um, one of the things is on the receiving end of a combat is if you know something's going to be coming your way, is try and leave your units at about four inches away from each other, maybe a little bit more, to yep. stop this happening. <laughs> good. Exactly right. Something you need good distances well. between units or they will pile Especially in into, uh, the units behind. All these world eaters mains. That are very big into world Christmas. eaters. World eaters don't like a screen that is a healthy, respectful distance away from other things. That's the killer thing. Uh, but if it's not, if it's old school style, a few inches away, then you are at a very real risk of getting your head smashed in anyway. It's a leapfrog rather than a screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fights, uh, fights first or interrupt is also really valuable uh, if your opponent's trying to set up a, a like a swing into your units yes so if they if you have enough cp to threaten to interrupt somewhere and they fight elsewhere even if you're not going to kill that unit if you can potentially spend two cp um interrupt stop them from piling into the valuable yeah. unit that they wanted to swing into can um, be close, right? yeah that could be absolutely huge and just yeah. basing your opponent's models when they don't want to be based is very strong yeah this was something i remember i had an interrupt against chris when we played at i think it was Twisted Warp, 
and I interrupted with like neophytes. Neophytes don't kill shit. They're not. They want, but it, the whole purpose he had Twilight Harlequins, and they had this super long pile and consolidate back then. So the whole point of interrupting was just gum those up with little T three neophytes, and then they can't do all of this magnificent movement that they want to do to get onto points and get onto objectives. Um, Davey says, don't charge a fight first unit. Pile into the fight first instead. There we are. That's the solution. That <laughs> seems to be the solution. Is there anything else with piling in? I think it's worth remembering, again, it's very easy to block yourself off and stop important heavy hitters getting to the right places. It's like the characters, I often have this where I'll be like lazy with where my Iron here champion is, and then you're realizing you're coming through a wall or something, you're like, now he can't actually get into the action. Um, and with wall ranks, that's a really a really easy way to suddenly find yourself unable to apply as much pressure because the rank doesn't stack up in the same way it used to with a wall. So you need to be very careful to get the get the important damage through. Because yeah. you don't need to move them closest first, and your mm -hmm. models can move through each other. So prioritize those models that you do want to get in and see if mm -hmm. it is achievable before you move the guys in front of them. Exactly, exactly that. Cool. Yeah, just to, to add on to that, when you get a long charge, usually moving the back models is right, because you can then, okay, this has to get in, as John was saying, and you, you have a lot more flexibility once you've, uh, going back to what Paul was saying as well, which is using your base size to block off. So if you've got 40 mils, leave 37 mils between your two models <laughs> and just, uh, you know, make it so that you've got the flexibility to go where you want. Um, I think what we're going to see over the next three to six months is people will get fairly good at the fight phase. Yeah, especially I now that so. the shooting phase is a lot less dominant and people are going to realize that actually it's not as bad as they think it is. It's just less fun. Yeah. Uh, it's harder to do what you want to do, but when you practice, you will do almost exactly what you were doing in fight condition, mm -hmm. just with that little bit of casino way, like, fuck, I rolled a 12. Yeah. Ooh, guess I'm out in the open next turn. Yeah, completely, completely. Which takes us to consolidate, because obviously consolidate, as alluded to already, is one of the ways you can avoid this to an extent. Consolidate is a bit different now. Anyone want to take us th through the ins and outs of consolidate? Yeah, so consolidate, you um, you can move models up to three inches as long as they can end um, within engagement range of an enemy unit. And if they can, they have to make base contact. If neither of these things apply, then um, if there is an objective marker within three inches, they can instead move towards the center of the objective marker. Exactly. Otherwise, you stood still. <laughs> Which <laughs> you don't want to do. Makes me cry every single time. Yeah. But being able to get onto, back onto objectives is really nice for just tidying things up, shoring up the points for your opponent's turn, <clears> making sure they're nice and guarded, blocking them off so it's not easy to get things onto. And it can, as we've discussed already, actually help you to get out of firing lines and out of harm's way as well, which is absolutely massive when you're able to achieve it. And you have to be keeping an eye out for those opportunities. Also, yeah, tagging stuff. Shooting it is, is tagging so stuff. That's yeah. still fun. It's still fun to get into things behind things and tag them and stop them from shooting for next time. All very useful. Yeah. So obviously, you can also, I mean, it's not consolidate so much, but if you have two units go into one unit, you can kill it with one unit, then the second unit piles into another unit, can kill them, and then consolidate again. So you get. You cover a lot of ground if it all lines up, right? Still, I'm getting flashbacks to 8th edition Gene Stealers. <laughs> one of the two. 8th edition GTs were pretty blendy, as I remember it. I think it might have been 5th edition where you could just charge, fight, charge, and just wipe an entire arm if you killed enough stuff. <laughs> uh, maybe it was just the rules that someone told me were, were real. Sorry, I just had a trauma flashback. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think those are the main things. I think I feel like I've covered all of the sort of crucial ins and outs of it. It's not an especially complicated phase right now. Things like fight last don't exist, which we'll come to in the in the listener questions in a moment. So it's not quite as complicated. Mm. Would there be any other general pointers that you guys would have before we move on? You've given me carte blanche. So Ooh. heroic intervention. <laughs> yes. If you're going to heroic intervene into an army that is a melee army, for example, just put it 12.1 inches away. You know what they can do about that? Jack shit. And it yeah. is such a good feeling. If you want to heroically intervene against world eaters, 12.1 inches away. Cool. My carnival moves 14 inches. Uh, I yeah. will be charging you next turn, and you are not charging me this turn. Yeah. Yeah. Other one is knowing the uh, whatever your opponent's army is. So if it's, say, Vanguard Space Marines or mm -hmm. any of these kind of sneaky guys that lift up at the end of your fight phase, they've often got a requirement of being a specific distance away, not necessarily just yes. engagement range. Some yep. of them are three inches. Space Marine scouts are six inches. So if you can make it so that your pile in doesn't base them, or get an engagement range, but still prevents that, that means that they're not 
where they want to be, which is nowhere yeah. near you. Good. Yeah, a, a really good use for that is if your opponent's running, for example, a Deathwing Night Brick or something of that ilk, um, and you can't do afford <laughs> monsters. Monsters <laughs> and, would do that, and you can't afford to tag it because they'll just swing at you and kill the thing that is stopping them from fucking off. But if you can get like two inches away at the end of your piling, you're really happy because they're going to blend the let's say scout unit that is tying up their shooting, but they're not going to, you know be picked up, come back down, someone that's really terrifying to you. So that's a, a good sort of middle ground. Completely. Absolutely. Uh, we actually have a question from Christopher Richardson in the chat, which is, is Consolidate on a model-by-model model basis? It is indeed. I believe it is, yes. Yeah. So if it can go to a unit, it must. If it can't, it can go to an objective. If it can't do either of those things, it doesn't move at all. Yes, yeah, that you can. So units can kind of go blah a little bit in different directions, depending on what the possibles are. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely worth keeping on. Another thing that actually, and this is worth saying, and I say this with love, combat players. Combat, <laughs> combat players are going to try and do all of these things, and I want to stress this, mm. whether or not they actually fully can. And you need to be very <laughs> alert to it. You need to be very alive to the measurements, the distances, the options they have on the board, because I love fight phase players, but they are looking to do these things every time. They will push to do these things every time, and every now and again, they're an inch out. It doesn't work. They don't quite get the thing they want to get, but they are. you will meet fight phase players who will still have a very good go at telling you they can do these things. And it's one of those phases where the stronger you are, everything. The stronger you are in your assessment of what's going on, the better you understand it, uh, and the more you're kind of measuring and agreeing and discussing with them, uh, the less risk of a uh, little, let's call, generously call it smoothing over uh, of obstacles that they may encounter in, in, in their quest to perfectly blitz you in the fight yeah. phase. Because uh, Consolidate is still the one thing that I find at an event people don't understand that it's conditional. It's People try to do both. But in reality, it's either, and then that it's that one. If not that one, that one. And if neither, nothing. The amount of people that yep. still try to move three inches, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a bit of just sort of addition transition as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Where old habits are still in there. Honestly, I mean, Ed can attest. When I played Ed, uh, our Invitational, we got to the fight phase, and I was just like, I just don't know, man. I don't know anything. I still got no idea. Like, so I just kind of like, you do the things, you tell me what's going on. I'm just gonna go with it. And I was that way until about that might be my favorite there. fight phase. In the... the one with the wraith guard. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a hell of a fight phase, wasn't it? Just to, yeah. just to briefly recap, this was back when <laughs> guard were. So fucking people good. People haven't heard a Wraith Guard being good story. And, and, and also, this was before people were playing them in their lists. Just it want is. To put that out it there. is. You were an innovator. A uh, and it definitely wasn't because I was like, I'm not playing the Wraith Knight. Um, <laughs> what can I put in? Oh, Wraith, Wraith, you know, Wraith Guard are pretty good. And these Wraith yeah. look funny. And I've got them doing the router running. So uh, they're going down. Um, one of those two <laughs> units ended up being, you know, a staple at... Um, WTC, but not <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, moved up, shot a unit to death with the insane dev wounds. This was, it was like, like when you could this kill pioneer fights with any old RD cannon weapon, basically, if it was good. Yep. Then I charged into a unit, another squad. Yeah. Yeah. Did like some wounds. I think you battered ten acolytes to death with your fists. Yeah, then, yeah, like then, not then an insubstantial. Then you went. Then you hit me back. Twenty to. You went into twenty neophytes one of which had to slap you. Oh, that was it, yes. That I killed a small it. unit in the charge killed phase. Kill, killed then I piled in. Brick, piled into another 150-point brick, which yep. hit you, could never hurt you. No. And then you deleted that with your guns. Yeah, they still had a pistol at the time. <laughs> they did, and, they did. Uh, it yeah. was crazy. That was, that was such a good feeling. Brutal. If, if you've ever played brutal. against a player who loves playing really slippery armies multiple times and lost to them multiple times, um, this is the first time I've beaten you in an event, that's for sure. That's true. I, I'd lost and you it was, multiple it was times. With, it was with slipperiness, so I, yeah, I can I, respect that. Yeah, yeah, but when you finally pin that motherfucker down, oh, <laughs> such a good feeling. Um, I hate when, it when people pin me down. I yeah, you it. just, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. You'll be next, Ed. Oh, dear. First oh, time really? lucky. Uh, Stu L says, I love Khan and his five boys as an objective guard because he has 100% fight on death, so he can crush a unit sent to assassinate him and then make it the objective sticky with one CP. I love that. That is trade-ruining tech. Here's the thing. Yep. Yes, that is an effective <laughs> way to kill a unit. However, why not put Khan on the line in a rhino? <laughs> Move the rhino forwards. Next turn, disembark and charge with him. 
or maybe just do it turn one because world eaters are bullshit. <laughs> I hate them so much. Um, yeah, and then he kills your opponent's army. Mm. Not not a skirmish unit. Yeah, <laughs> he just yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. You dare to exist on the same bit of board as me? How fucking dare you? <laughs> oh, God. He does damage three. Oh, he's, he's like twenty-seven he's so attacks. I think he's so good. He's silly. Uh, Christopher Richards or something. Exact measurements for pylons and maxing fighting models to fight is one I find awkward for polite gamesmanship. It can feel rude to obsess over every millimeter. I I agree with you, Chris. But it's the same with movement. It's the same with angles and ranges. These are the things that determine how the game plays and how the game is won. And certain armies are vitally dependent on different things to each other um so if someone is playing an army where movement is everything and they're taking too much movement then they are giving themselves more of the most important thing to them it's the same with the fight phase if they're squeezing additional capacity and capability out of out of the fight phase that they shouldn't be having then that's putting you at a disadvantage so it's, it's as i say the key thing is to just understand what's possible what should be going on and be measuring and keeping an eye on things and chatting through things with your opponent i don't think anyone uh, worth their salt is ever going to mind this and, and generally they'll just see it as evidence that you know what you're doing and and that's that's always a positive thing right let's uh let's call a spade a spade it is the most common form of cheating in 40k yeah. absolutely because like. if if we said someone was rolling extra dice in shooting you would say it's unacceptable it's yeah. it's the same equivalency yeah really. completely that completely that so yeah i think i think it's not not something to be worrying about um i appreciate sometimes the confidence with it can be difficult but that's where yeah. just knowing it well comes in and, and being able to deal with it um Okay, wonderful. That's the fight phase. It's a short, punchy little number these days. That's kind of where we're at. So we're going to move to some podcast questions. Uh, so I'm just going to go to the Discord and dig. If you would like to shoot additional questions into the main chat, uh, please, please do feel free. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, I saw Tom Green came in, by the way. Hello, Tom Green. I love you. You're great. Um, let's go to the Discord. Trying oh. to... Tom Green. That name sounds familiar. He's a mind goblin. He's a very nice man. Um, so, Welsh. He's a Welshman. Is he a Welshman? Wonderful. Yeah. So, <laughs> first question is from Jack Asher, who is playing a lot of Death Guard at the moment, which I think is shaping his every thought. And he says, is fight first without the existence of fight last? Busted. What do we think? Only if they do it... Well, as long <laughs> as they do it sparingly, it's fine. Yes. So, like, the lion having it is fine. It's the oh, only yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> is the may also be death out wounds. <laughs> Fuck me. But, yeah, so long it, as they don't give every other model in the game a fight's first mechanic, then, yes, it is perfectly army. reasonable. Yeah, I, I do find it a little bit nuts that it's become a kind of... Fight last has obviously, had, obviously has its issues and often felt bad. Armies hitting you first on the regular also is an interesting thing to make a very big part of the game. But as you as you say, it depends how widespread it is and the kinds of things that like you can when get. custodies could like drop three of them in one turn. That was nuts. Nuts. <laughs> Completely and utterly nuts. As I say, an Empress Children Army doing across the army mm -hmm. in ninth was a challenge. Yeah. It definitely is difficult now, but I think it, it probably falls along the lines of rock, paper, scissors in the game now, which is something people aren't necessarily comfortable with. But I think the game, generally, when it's looking good, there are certain kinds of armies that just have amazing fight face control, but they get their face kicked in by something that just doesn't come and fight them and just shoots them to bits. Um, and likewise, that means that certain sort of middling combat armies or more honest combat armies will always struggle into those. Um, if you want to see an example of this, uh, Jack Chapman and I did match up plus plus earlier on. And we talked about Death Guard, who are having a little moment. Death Guard are having a moment precisely because they're an army that counter armies that are going to come and try and punch them in the face. Um, and the meta's gone that way a little bit, which means that they're having a bit of a renaissance uh, but they we still get, still get lifted by something that just shoots them from miles away right that's still yeah. still something that happens to them okay very good next question is discussion of how to play around fight first from Stu. i think we've done this in the main i think we've covered this already so please do refer back to the island other. instead yeah. of charging them Island instead of charging don't base them in Tie yeah. them up, they can't hurt something big yeah. and stupid and durable or a chaffy horde whatever it is just keep them bogged down charge them with wraiths charge them with wraiths it, it doesn't matter which or order you units fight nothing of yours will die nothing of theirs will die yeah absolutely. but you want to be in combat completely we go um, you can move six inches charge 12 inches my army's going to stay 18.1 inches away from you 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That. And lose on primary. Um. Oh no, not the primary. Maybe one place not at one time. <laughs> Maybe it's close the vote. Maybe you don't need to come out. <laughs> uh, Craig S says, "I have been understanding big guns never tire wrong since the launch of the edition until two weekends ago." Nice one, Craig. Uh, what's <laughs> your most recent? Oh, that's how that works for tenth edition. I, before before we do anything else, I just want to. Yeah. Um, so the Craig, Craig's my buddy. Um, oh sweet. Yeah, we went to we went to a tournament together, and it was in the car back coming from Sheffield, where he said something. I was like. That's not how that works. And <laughs> it, it was a it was a, a great moment to witness live. I had uh, I enjoyed that. It was, <laughs> I don't think it made like a major difference to any of the games you played that weekend, but it was just it was very funny. I think the thing you misremember, he didn't understand or got wrong, was he was like, wait, you can shoot blast weapons out of combat, so it was you know oh. like marginal, but would be nice to have. Yeah. Do any of you guys have something that you recently learned that you've been misunderstanding? Just the charge and fight phase, honestly. I've really picked it up yeah. recently because I've been playing the single one I model. Find hard. Yeah. Uh, because I, all my combat was one model units with the carnivores. Um, playing into World Eaters multiple times recently and then playing Necrons a couple of times. Those mm. are the things that made me go, oh, yeah, no, there's a lot I can do with this. Absolutely. I think the one for me was it was only a few weeks ago that I learned about the whole you can't actually just cancel an action anymore. If you say you're doing an action... You're <laughs> yeah, doing if it. you start it, you, you're stuck. I'm not really a do actions with things I might suddenly decide to shoot with kind of person, so it hadn't really affected me personally, but it was interesting to learn that that is how that works. How about you guys? John, oh, John just knows it all. No, it's, it's one of those things where... Like... Oh, also, sorry, also all of Kill Team. I learned all of Kill Team this weekend by winning an event. Yeah. <laughs> you did one practice game. I did. That was one on too many. Fr- on Saturday night. <laughs> and then won it. What a Tom thing to do. <laughs> I was livid. because It's the AOS it. casuals event all over again. <laughs> I've been playing it for like two years on the down low. <laughs> Thought I was going to do well. Brought a really strong Kill Team. Well. And then Tom's just like, oh, by the way, this grenade's going to kill three of your orcs, John, by the way. Uh, bye. That I'm looking forward up. to Tom picking up Epic after it's been out for two years and just steamroll an event. <laughs> like, Night Can't see that going very well. I bet it'll have a small player base. <laughs> just to scale with its very uh, good. sales, right? Oh, very good. Very, very, very good. I like that. <laughs> uh, next question Now that combat units are becoming more prevalent in the game, what are your thoughts on the heroic intervention strat? As Paul said earlier, I've never used it. I've, never I've used told it. my opponents I have I've it. I've told my opponents so many times. <laughs> I suspect the thing with this is I think the most value you'll get with it is in units that can do it for free, and I don't yeah. play any armies where I've seen much of that going on because it's 2CP in the economy, in this economy. In this economy. <laughs> this Sunak CP economy in which we live. There's just no CP going. It's just it's just tough, and I'm not going to spend it on that when I could be spending Inflation it on all the other exciting things I love. 100% <laughs> rate per edition. Yeah, yeah. I, I think situationally it can be really useful and it's oh, yeah. important for people to remember because it's not being used often that it is not characters. Yeah. And that was the big thing I found a lot of people get confused on is that it is any unit. So if it can make the difference, so the time it mattered to me was we were playing uh, Scorched Earth and him controlling it and then being able to burn it, if that unit wasn't on, if my uh, land ray hadn't charged he would have been able to burn it. And that's a lot of points to swing. Yeah, very fringe situation, but it's a big brain kind of moment where I went, actually, that can matter. Cause that's some big OC thread yeah. on there. Yeah, definitely. So, I think that's actually times... one of one of the big uses of it. Again, is yeah, with with OC rich chaff or an OC vehicle that you know isn't going to get hurt by something. Um, I guess maybe Zangors in the new Thousand Suns life. I'm going to be living over. Maybe I'll try and, I'll try and intervene with some Zangors during the crusade Tom, at some you, point. You're going to be crusading with your rhinos. We know that's what's really going to happen. Yeah, I, well, there's no rhinos in the list. I thought that was a bit, you know, I'm not I'm not starting with rhinos. They're all going to be on, just waddling on the board. We'll see how we get on. But I'll add them once I've been shelled to death a couple of times. Uh, one of the strong so cool. things you can do is that, because obviously once a unit's declared, de- uh, declared, 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 decl
you can do um and i think um john lennon showcased this because i i did this at the uh, last tournament as well is that mm. uh, with the vanguard when they declare a charge you can then move six inches you can then use that to then pull their charge oh, okay. to become within six inches of another unit that can then heroic intervene uh, so you can go oh you're going to charge my scouts they're now going to move next to my deafening knights and now i can heroically uh, intervene that's some clever stuff that's very clever mm. cp heavy unless you can uh, Pickalax says, I think you can only intervene with walker vehicles, so rhinos wouldn't work. Interesting. There we go, there's John's that's, uh, that's, I've just that's, moment. that's useful to know. We've learned something today. We've learned Really? No, it's just one unit from your army. I just no. Oh, and still no, no, you can only select a vehicle unit from your army if it is a walker. It's in the restrictions. It's the blah 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 there bit. There you go. The blah 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 is very important. Thank I you, Pickalax, for educating us. John has cheated. Oh again. No. Get oh, off not... the show. Yellow card. That's, yeah. that's the end of that. So uh, that's his most recent, oh, that's how that works for Tony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go. We're all still learning all now. the time. Fuck's sake. Still, <laughs> half the time I find helpfully informing my opponent that Khan is going to fight on death discourages them from charging them. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's definitely a control aspect to that, right? And that's that's what a lot of fight phase control armies like to do, is basically just hide in the middle and be like, oh, bad things will happen if you come here, and then never have to fight at all. That's the dream. Um, so next up we have Hannibal who asks what is the best combat army in the game world eaters probably is world eaters from a Catan. pure combat because not only is they the fastest did combat you say towered I said Catan uh, okay. <laughs> mostly because what? the Catan just won't die world eaters right now have basically everything you could possibly they've want they've got the, the trifactor of all yeah. their units well their good units are all durable incredibly killy and fast yeah most combat units get two of these things it, if you're lucky I, I disagree with durable um you would be amazed do, at how fast world eaters fall over um i think they, i think they fall over not in the combat phase but i don't yeah, think they're sure. easy in the combat phase in theory, then, there's nothing yeah, left for them when you think it's not eight bound as as a unit are durable for their price points i would say I'm yeah. not saying they're unkillable. They do die, saying they they're do die When you put the I, feel, five up, feel no pain on them. Yeah, I I found that even with feel no pains, that my my world eater opponents tend to run out of steam pretty early on. They do unless, if they go for full send, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, maybe maybe I need to play into someone who's playing it a bit more cagey. Well, that's that that's what I'm curious issues. about because I played it twice where they sent everything at me straight away and it yeah. felt like oh you hit me then i kill all of your stuff yeah and i want i want to see more games by really really good players and see whether there's a kind of projection way of doing it that doesn't involve just burning everything out straight away especially in uk to see yeah the exactly. guy, guy that plays vanilla vanilla that's it he he does he spends a lot of his time just behind the ruins going that's around. kind of what i figure if you come I, near I, me i then figure you if will they become. yeah they get up and stage and hide in the ruins and suddenly that's quite scary as well um so yeah, it's interesting. And you know, Jack says, "And their best unit can ride in the rhino." We're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> we, already, we already have. I'm hopeful that actually I need to make sure I get the Goonhammer right up for Leicester because I have a few things to Words. say. <laughs> I'm going to send a seam a little message through the Goonhammer airwaves uh, on my thoughts on that. Uh, anyway, next up we have. Oh, Hannibal had a second part to the question. What is the best combat unit? Deathwing Knights. <clears throat> Deathwing Knights are very good. In terms of they can just go and go and they have very good damage. I say the lion. We've got two he's got two modes of attack. If he's in combat, great. That's just pure personal bias. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow, we've had opinion, two right? Dark Angels units there. That's weird. Yeah, uh, it is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. Uh Angron's pretty fucking great. Ang Angron's amazing. And yeah. the fact that he comes back again, that's pretty sweet. He comes back, heroically intervenes or make uh, not heroic, um rapid ingresses or makes a fucking eight inch charge when you get yeah. a CP reroll it. Like he's so fucking hard Jack to Jack Ash just has chosen and lord, and I think you can make you can make the case for that in terms of reach punch uh, it's it's so funny to watch support. yeah because you'll roll the attacks for the chosen and then i'll go cool that did something Done nothing is the lord <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. the lord is a very much a one and done isn't he once he's popped him once yeah. he's done his thing that's why you run three of them that that's why you run, run three of them. them yeah they're probably the optimal sort of trading piece unit in the game yeah. right now they're super super good uh stuel says the master of executions with glaive and 10 corn berserkers that unit is funny as hell it is funny as hell it's a very good fighting unit i do really like it i really like the um the gray knight terminator or paladin unit led by drago oh that's very nice because they make yeah. the six inch charge and then they just blend something yeah um, 
they get death wounds yeah, on that the That is a very nice unit as well. I, I hear a, a select um, unit of um, sisters that go flailing arms at everything. Are oh, God. Getting quite a lot of play at the yeah, moment. Oh, I, I blocked them out mentally. They are extremely good. They are extremely good. Very, very durable. For a little while, I loved Aberrants. They were so durable, but sadly, they are now in the bin. And they can they could start nine inches away from the line. Mm. What more could you want from a dedicated melee unit? So good. Yeah. So good. So I'm, I'm enjoying Rates. that now. <laughs> Being able to infiltrate a unit of Wraiths feels illegal. but uh... Can you do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. They've got oh, the... that's sick. Yeah, that's there's really a, an instant in the detachment that gives them full rerolls to hit if you're yeah. just playing warhammer i enjoy um, that yeah, yeah. I, I i've been testing them in just like the bog standard detachment because i was running three wraith units three katan and i didn't feel like i wanted to be in the cryptic unit without um running the immortals for the mortal wound stuff mm. but uh, more testing needed yeah oh we'll, we'll play next week i'm excited to see what they can do i think that'll be really good all right hold on it was next week last week was it <laughs> it's fine. I'm super busy, so like, yeah. I mean, are you? Well, we'll, we'll chat after this. It's <laughs> yeah. it's in your possible. own time, boys. <laughs> let's not let's not do our let's not do our scheduling and admin on the show. Um, so, Sai says, at what point in a game do you determine when to abandon trying to score primary and shift to denial if enemy primary? Sorry, Turn three, gonna go for the gambit, baby. Trying to score secondaries. How can you achieve it without needlessly giving your enemy easily achieved secondary scoring, like secure hostile storm hostile objective? Hmm. There's some interesting dimensions to that. I mean, Psy, part of the beauty of tactical cards is that both players attempting to score tactical cards accidentally helps other players score tactical cards. That's one of the interesting things about it. It's not easy to play them consistently without also giving up a few opportunities to your opponent to score back. That's just one of the nice things about the game at the moment, I think, personally. Um, but obviously, the best way of preventing them from doing that is to have killed them so that they're no longer alive and able to do that. If you so, I think it is a very specific question. What yeah. are you saying? At what point do I have to give up trying to score primary because my when you've maxed so it, ahead. that's when you give up primary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd never never abandon trying to score primary, but denying. I think there's an interesting shift in as much as the world leaders are a bit like this, right? Where they'll have their kind of aggro moment, they'll go up, they'll smash a bunch of stuff, and then they start to run out of steam. So at that point, they do need to switch to that very grindy, cagey hide and keep the primary level if they've managed to score early. So often that's a case of, yeah, have I sw have my swing. Now what I need to do is just be near the main objectives in the middle. I've got a bit of primary lead and just keep near those and keep chucking things out and keeping things down for the rest of the game uh, and avoiding my opponent kind of bodying back onto the points that way. So it's a bit of a case-by-case -case basis. Um, but most armies have a sort of moment in the game when they're really waiting for or playing for, uh, and you'll know once you've kind of spent those main resources and you need to just switch to scrapping, scrapping about. Um, Sean Cable says they run out of steam. Not when you play them, Sean. Sean took World Eaters well, to the narrative event having never played them before and went 3-2 and smashed a bunch of people in, and it was amazing. It was great. And that's no, why It sounds to me like they ran out of steam in two of those games. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> catch me outside, boy. Yeah, he played into Stuart in one of the Turn one, all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full Just send. Full, who's, full looking, send. who's looking forward to watching Chris play an army that's full send? I know I am. I think that's oh, cool. well, He's going to play hilarious. them KG, won't he? He will. He'll play them Which like will a little, probably he'll be them like a, a little, a a little scoring castle. Yep. He'll have watched and he'll never play. It'd be a real shame if he goes into someone like Paul round one. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and Paul like... full sends into him. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the roll off Hold of Paul wins and Paul just. I get charges. Uh, we'll see. Here's a Land Raider Redeemer. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. Oh, God, yeah. There's something we didn't mention for the charges. Yeah. Just parking a Redeemer in the middle of the board and be like, you can come for me, but you will pay in blood. <laughs> you will take, take some Prometheum to the face. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, that tank is good, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, you are. Oh, that's sweet. Got one He's there. On what, what plane is that in the back, John? That is a. Nothing um, No, it's a dark talent. Dark talent. It's, uh, it's very good as a display it piece. It yes, is. it looks lovely in there. That's all the questions. So we're done. We've made it, guys. This was an actual 
sensibly sized and effective show. Thank you very much to all my Fight Phase Wizards, my Fight Phase mains for being on tonight. Thank you very much to all of you for tuning in. Lovely to have so many of you here and commenting. Um, we'll be back again next time. Next time we are going to have Tony Chu on from Team England. He is going to be on Great. chatting all sorts nice. of things. We're going to have a conversation about playing by intent because we figured that would be a fun grenade to throw at him whilst he's on the show. Uh, <laughs> and We'll see how many mortal wounds it does. So come back next time if you want to hear a bunch of insights from the England captain. Um, I didn't do the Plus roundup at the start because Chris was here uh, so i'm going to do the plus roundup now we put up matchup plus plus earlier on today so if you're interested in death guard orcs adeptus sororitas you can catch that there uh, we're back making various different things at the moment we've got ed scrivo and i think davy plotting away on some tyranid stuff um, and there's going to be some other bits and pieces for the new books when they arrive um, i've recorded the meta weather but i haven't put it out yet so you'll be getting your meta weather report for this season this wintry season spoilers it's festive themed it's going to be a lot of festive oh crap God. in that meta weather report um, and i'm going to be recording a couple of other things this week um, one of them is going to be on our patreon only so if you want to check that one out yeah you can go to the patreon and that's going to be about leveling up in 40k and it's going to be a conversation about perception and superficiality namely how can you go from being someone that thinks they know about stuff in this game to actually being someone that knows about stuff in this game because there's a very big difference <laughs> John, i feel you... targeted right now <laughs> jesus christ tom we're on live stream Still, man. The, uh, the best way to do that is to that do is a weekly show with someone who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to see those videos, do check them out. They are called Cracking the Codex. Sure we have broken are. down Space Marines. We've got Tyranids coming. And next week, we will be looking at Necrons oh, and Admech. So beep, boop, beep, boop. First rate self promotion. Yeah. Um, there'll also be the next installment of player cards, right? Thinking about secondary scoring as well. So you can expect all of that by the end of the week. Um, thank you so much for listening. We will see you all again next time. We are the Plus and we are easily the fourth best team in the UK TCM. <laughs> Woo! Bye bye. Peace.